The wait is over. Listen to my story on this episode of Pushback. Concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello again, everyone. This is Pushback, and I'm Dr. Johnny, and I want to continue a series that I started on last podcast uh, just about my personal journey towards health and weight loss. I shared with you last week that I I met a milestone of losing 50 pounds. That's not my entire goal. My goal is to actually lose 60. Um, But I uh, have felt like 50 was a milestone where I can maybe start talking about this. I shared a last podcast that I wanted to make sure that I got some victory in this area in my life before I shared with you some of the things that I've learned along the way. And uh, not only in a career in medicine, uh, where we obviously learn the importance of health and taking care of our bodies, but what I've really been studying over the last five months about myself, about my personal journey. And and, uh, this podcast, I really just want to share with you my story uh, that leads up to today uh, in regards to my own body and my own health. And I think somewhere along the line of this journey, you're going to be able to relate to this as well. So I'm going to give you some specific keys about some of the things that I did, and I will share more specifics uh, down the road, but I just want to share with you uh, what I have been through over the last several years, and um, hopefully you'll find this helpful as well. So when I was a young man, Obviously, growing up as a teenager, I was very physically active and loved sports and was raised in a culture and environment in my home where sports was very important and I loved it. And when I became a young adult and in my early 20s, um, I actually found that I really liked to run. Now, I know that people would be like, is there some kind of mental disorder? Um, but I liked to run and I had a little bit of an affinity towards even long distance running. And so I started to do that and I found out that it it suited me and I enjoyed it and I, I enjoyed it, enjoyed the time and watching what my body could do and actually began to participate in marathon running. And I was a pretty avid marathon runner uh, pretty much from my early 20s up into my early 40s. Um, and during that time period, I had 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 have <laughs> I have run during that time period or I had run during that time period uh, about uh, 25 marathons, full marathons. And so I was very into it and uh, was paying close attention to my time and very strict training regimens. And uh, that was part of my um, early adulthood for sure. But because of that, and because of running 60 to 70 miles a week, I had to pay very little attention either to the quality or the quantity of food that I ate. Now, I I had value for eating well, and when I ran that much, um, my weight was never really an issue. 
Now, when I got into my early 40s, I began to sort of discontinue some competitive running, had some back issues, which you've heard about over the last several months, and started to decrease my running issues. And haven't I haven't run a marathon now for the last 10 years or so. And during that time period, not surprisingly, my weight slowly increased. Now, there would be times, and I think this is important, that I would what I call crisis diet, meaning I could really see the difference. My clothes weren't fitting quite as well and something needed to change. And so I would go through a period of time where I usually just increased my activity because that was always my fallback plan. That's always what I could do and what I liked to do not necessarily pay very close attention to the food that I was intaking. Now I would maybe have some moderate decreases of food or I try to cut out dessert or some simple measures that maybe would help. But usually my weight loss measures revolved around increasing activity. And there were times when I had some pretty good victory with that if the only marker was just weight. Um, and so I would participate or went full into programs like Insanity, <laughs> which are, you know, high impact, um, high strenuous activities. Uh, but obviously I would see changes in my body that would happen with that. But then when I became even older, late 40s, early 50s, um, I noticed that some of those strenuous activities became a little bit more difficult. But then something called COVID hit. Now we, if you're an avid listener of my podcast, we have walked through COVID together and you will probably notice that during the heart and the, the, uh, the high intensity aspects of COVID that you probably will notice that my weight had increased if you go back in time to my YouTube videos. It was a very high stress time for me, um, professionally for sure, working in the emergency room. It was an unprecedented time of stress as very critically ill patients were coming in and we had no place to transfer these people to because all the hospitals were full. And so we were working way outside of our comfort zone for sure and dealing with um, high intensity patients that sometimes we had to have the talk like, you know, I think this is life threatening, but you get to, you get to stay here with me. I'm not a trained intensivist, uh, but we're going to do the best that we can to sustain your life. And that was very, very stressful. It was hard to not bring that home with me. Um, I had even just, uh, I wouldn't say mental illness, but probably on the verge of, of really a burnout and uh, my mood was low. And not just to mention social distancing and be having more of a sedentary lifestyle, which many people experienced during that time. So to sum up, I would say that I was tired, I was crabby, I had low energy, low self-esteem, and I was even wheezy, which was crazy. And I, I mentioned last podcast how being overweight was an independent risk factor for COVID complications. And I would say even post-COVID complications. And I could feel that. So interestingly, I went back to some of my old tricks and I actually even fired up insanity. But you have to keep in mind that as I was doing increased activity, I was 60 pounds overweight trying to do these high impact workouts, high intensity because it has worked in the past. And so again, maybe some moderate changes in my diet, but really focused on trying to increase my metabolism through exercise. 
And then you probably have also heard over about the last four to five months that I blew a disc out in my back. <laughs> Are these two, two things related? Probably. I've had some stagger or lingering back problems, but it was interesting how worse they became when I slowly became overweight during my 40s. And then a high impact workout when I was severely overweight probably was the kicker. So I want to talk about sort of the order of things that turn things around for me. And, and over the next couple podcasts, I really want to get into the more specifics if you're interested about exercise and weight loss and, and, and some of those keys that can be done much healthier than I did even recently. I really want to dedicate this podcast to my dear friend, Ruth, who really became my health coach. Um, and, and she has had such breakthrough in her own life, and I won't testify for her. But um, because of her breakthrough, it inspired me, and I knew that there needed to be a change. Here I was with back pain, um, severely overweight, and actually medically obese. And this is a situation that I found myself in. And as we started to pull out of COVID and I realized the situation that I was in, I knew, to, knew that something needed to change. But what really needed to change was that I needed to do weight loss first. And this is just one little key is that so often we try to do weight loss and exercise. And I'm a huge fan of exercise. And I think it's really important that our body is in motion but high intensity strenuous exercise when you are overweight actually is a very high risk activity. And more often than not, and we have seen this so many times, not only in my practice, but in my personal experience, that there is injury that usually comes with that because we're doing too much too soon because we are motivated by crisis. And so remember I said that I would crisis diet at times. People also crisis exercise. It's usually the January 1st, you know, New Year's resolution, right? I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to hit it. The problem is, is that we're carrying so much extra weight that we are exercising at a too high intensity too soon. And so weight loss and the idea of what we are putting in our body needs to be the first consideration. And the other thing that was critically important and so important for this podcast and so important as I talk about culture is that I needed to connect with how I was designed by my creator. See, there's a lot of fad diets out there. There's a lot of new plans. There's a not, If you go online, especially around January, there are things that you can join, things you can pay for, things, apps you can get on your phone. There's a lot of different ways that you can try to refocus things. But at the end of the day, we have to understand how our body works and how we, are need, how we need to connect to our creator. We actually need to ignore the cultural barriers, cultural barriers and temptations that I talked about at last podcast. If you haven't heard that podcast from last week, please go back and listen to that. Because we are up against it. The culture is actually pushing us quite hard to make overweight and obese normal. The new normal. And we are inundated with cheap, easily accessible food that is killing us. And so there is some basic plan that I was able to connect with as well as just studying about my life that really made a difference, not only in my body as I'm down 50 pounds and feel so much better from that respect, but it's super important that I understand who I am and what I was created for and how my body works. And I'm speaking of this as a physician. So if this is true for me, I am making an educated guess that this is probably true for you as well. 
I have an intricate knowledge about how my body works. And when I talk about fat storage and energy storage and carbohydrates and proteins and fats, I get that. I study that. I understand all of those things. And yet I didn't always understand how it related to me on a day-to-day basis and the foods that I should be prioritizing to maximize health in my life. And so that's been key for me. And I, and and the um, the idea and the cultural truths that I've connected to can be really narrowed down to six basic ingredients. And I'm not going to have time in this podcast to dive deeply into all of these. Um, but if there's interest, I'm going to continue with those down the road for sure. And the most important first thing is is obviously... There's nothing new under the sun and you can you can you can look at all of the different diet plans and programs and you can see the infomercials on TV that says that you can lose weight just by taking this one supplement um, no exercise required it it mysteriously and magically burns fat and my friends I'm telling you that none of those are very effective in fact most of them are actually just packed with caffeine um, that actually does boost your metabolism, but also makes you urinate more. So you lose a lot of water weight. You start taking this pill and you realize that in a couple of weeks, you've lost 10 pounds and you think that it's worked, but actually it's just turned you from into a raisin. It's actually just dehydrated you. And so that's why these programs gain traction to begin with. And so there's nothing new under the sun. Weight loss is about calories in calories out. Now, we can sometimes work smarter, not harder, and understanding, again, the way our body works. And so I believe this first one is the most critical piece and, and, and is so essential to our understanding of how the Father actually created us. And that is to eat every two to three hours. Now, our Western diet, now remember, if you listen to the last podcast, our culture is actually broken. This idea of three large meals a day, you eat a large meal in the morning, you take a break at work, you eat another large meal, you come home, you eat another large meal. This idea of of three large meals per day is actually an obesogenic type diet plan where we inundate our body with calories. Our insulin then needs to spike to try to take care of that. Uh, and it, it uh, then requires us and overshoots for us only to become hungry again. So that at two in the afternoon, we're actually crashing because we didn't eat enough. Because we ate too much, I'm sorry, because we ate too much and now we are crashing because our insulin levels have kicked up so much. And we create this high insulinemia type phenomenon, which actually leads, of course, to diabetes and more weight storage. So eating every three hours is actually how we were created to eat so that our insulin level remain steady. Now, that doesn't mean eat huge meals every three hours, but the beauty of the plan, the beauty of the understanding of eating more frequently is that you're not hungry. And so just when you start feeling hungry, it's time to eat again. And so low calorie frequent meals is actually the healthiest way, not only for us to lose weight, but it's healthiest for our digestive tract. It's healthiest for us mentally. It's healthiest, healthiest for us from a blood sugar standpoint by far. Now, it requires a lot of planning. Three meals a day is much easier, but this is from an agricultural type society where farmers just had three times a day that they could eat. And so they maximized their food and they were obviously high energy, um, high output 
professions as well. Now that we've switched from an agricultural society to a more industrial technical society, we become much more sedentary. And so we need to understand how our bodies are made so that we can eat most effectively. And so the beauty of understanding how we are made is that we eat more frequently smaller meals and that we don't have hunger. We eat till we're satisfied. Our, our hunger triggers are, are, are quenched and we don't feel hungry. And just when we start feeling hungry again, it's time to eat another small meal. This has been critical for me. And it's super important to understand that that's actually the way the father made us when you look at us chemically and from an insulin standpoint. The other is to drink 64 ounces of water. This is number two, and that's at least 64 ounces. Some people, if they're bigger, may need to drink a little bit more. If you're more active or if you have a job uh, where you are perspiring, you obviously need to drink much, much more than that. But our body, I believe, is over 70% water. And so we need to continue to flush and to rinse our body with water. That's true for all of our organs and especially our kidneys. It's really critical that as we are eating healthier, that we actually drink plenty of water and stay hydrated. It's good for our mental health. And the beauty of drinking 64 ounces of water is that you're putting 64 ounces of fluid in your stomach, which also makes you less hungry. And so it's super important that we actually connect to and, and be super intentional. And usually drinking water first thing in the morning is really critical too because you're hydrating your cells after basically fasting through the night and becoming slightly dehydrated. And the other issues of health then become in number three, healthy sleep. Number four, healthy motion. Now, as you become more fit and lose weight, you can actually increase that exercise. And because the goal isn't to lose muscle mass, the goal is to lose fat. And so we can do that. And as we continue to lose fat and we drop weight, um, then it's going to be easier for us to increase and ramp up exercise, which is what I'm doing now post back procedure and losing 50 pounds. I'm much more active and able to do much more already um, by having healthy motion. Healthy mind or mindsets. This is key to a Christian lifestyle, understanding the way the Lord made us, connecting to him and understanding that we are caring for his temple. And, and understanding that so much of what we do is emotional eating. I talked about the, my COVID experience. I was clearly an emotional eater. You could watch me. <laughs> as soon as things became stressful or I even talked about work, I would crave high-calorie fatty foods. And we have to have a mindset that understands that we need to stop, we need to process, we need to not go out of emotion. Uh, we don't we aren't we don't lead or are guided by our emotions. We're guided by our spirit, and the Father wants us healthy. That actually changes then the way that we think. And if we just pause and connect to our spirit and connect to His heart, then we can actually look at food differently as something that provides for us and sustains us, but not something that has actually become something that actually tries just to increase dopamine in our lives to try to make us feel better. Healthy mindsets. And finally, number six, healthy surroundings. The people that we're around that give us encouragement, um, the way that we have food in our house, our intentional shopping and the things that we are connected to, our support staff, the people that we talk to, and the way that we talk about ourselves. All those things are very, very important. And so this isn't some you know, Hinduistic, you know, kumbaya, sit up on top of a hill, um, uh, out of body experience, mind over matter. That's not what any of this is. This is, this is actually practical science and understanding of who we are and how we are created. 
But it is certainly connecting to our spirit because the Father wants us healthy. He wants us engaged in our culture, and he wants us fit to do everything that he's called us to do. So have I done this perfectly? Absolutely not. But my results are that I'm not hungry. I'm not as crabby. I have increased strength. I have increased endurance. And those are things that make me excited. Those are things that make him excited. Those are things that he is calling us to. And so it does require lifestyle changes, that is for sure. But there are very some simple things like eating every two to three hours that actually create such a, such a change. It requires to be planning ahead, and I could talk to you more about that in future podcasts. But let's be clear. This is a, the culture is pushing against us. But if we understand who we are and we are willing to push back, push, push back against that culture, then we can actually have gains. We can actually have successes. We can actually transform and change our lives. And that can happen. And I've seen it in so many of my peers who are also doing the same thing. This is very, very important. So thank you for listening to my story. I hope I didn't bore you with it, but I want to tell you that I'm a real person. I uh, Just real life stresses, real life problems, real life um, fallback things that we do out of habit. And, and we do them because of our emotions. But those can change and those can shift by just simple little changes that we can do in our lives so that we maximize the way that the Father created us. So if you're interested in this, lean into this topic and, and, and you can contact me at pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org. I can give you more information or specifics. But, I, but if the interest is there, I would like to lay out even more um, ideas down the road that will make you healthier, stronger, uh, and, and have a happier lifestyle for sure. So thank you for connecting with me again this week. I look forward to connecting with you in the next podcast as we continue to go forward to set and shape the culture.